At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Scott Sadenberg here with you. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Uh, what a day it was in Major League Baseball. The trade deadline came and passed 6 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. Several deadline day deals, including the biggest one of them all, Juan Soto going from the Nationals to the Padres, along with his teammate Josh Bell. And the Padres also getting uh, Brandon Drury from the Cincinnati Reds. So they certainly uh, were the biggest movers and shakers here at the deadline. And then with that move, they go from about 25, 22 to 1 to win the World Series all the way down to 11 to 1. Uh, and then the sad news that we found out on Tuesday night here is the passing of legendary broadcaster Vince Scully at the age of 94. Uh, Hall of Fame broadcaster for the Dodgers, called Dodger games for 67 years, basically was with them in Brooklyn and came to LA with them, called games with, that featured. Uh, the likes of Pee Wee Reese and Jackie Robinson all the way through the Sandy Koufax years and and uh, into the 80s and Fernando Mania and, and of course, um, the recent run here, uh, Clayton Kershaw and the likes uh, with the Dodgers. and Just what a career it was, not just in baseball, but calling other sports as well. Did some golf work for CBS. Um Football called his last football game that he called was the the catch the the Montana to Clark and the iconic moments in baseball that he called whether it be the Kirk Gibson home run um, Hank Aaron uh, breaking Babe Ruth's home run record um, the the uh, the ball getting by Buckner and the Mets winning the World Series in '86 um, just legendary moments called by, oh, can't forget Don Larson's perfect game in the World Series in the 50s. So just a legendary career. And what was so special about him is he was a great storyteller. And anytime you watched or listened to a Dodgers game, you just felt at home. You felt comfortable. His voice was so soft, and it was warm and inviting. And it was like you were watching a game with your friend and it was really um you know he will be just missed and his memories legacy will continue to live on um 
through everybody that knew him and watched and listens to listen to Dodger games for 67 years. One of the great icons in sports broadcasting. Speaking of icons, our very own icon here at VSIN, legendary broadcaster Brent Musburger, shared his thoughts about Vin Scully earlier on the nightcap. Uh, Tim, so many, so many memories. And uh, VSIN just told me I was unaware that my, my friend had passed away. This year, the um, All Star, Major League Baseball All Star game, was played in Dodger Stadium, as you know, Tim. And some 40 years ago was the last time it was played there. And Vin Scully and Brent Musburger with the CBS radio broadcasters. Now, now let me be perfectly honest to everybody listening. When you're in a booth with Vince Scully, you're quiet 98% of the time. That's how good he was. And basically, I led in and out of innings. But there was a moment in this all-star game, and, and Vinny and I laughed about it for years afterwards. Steve Carlton was on the mound for the National League. He was then pitching for the Philadelphia Phillies. And I was discussing, as we came out of commercial, how good a pickoff move he had developed. He did not have one when he first came into Major League Baseball, but he was lethal late. And at the point I'm about halfway through my sentence, he whipped the ball over to first base, picked off the rudder. And, of course, I'm talking, and the action has a runner picked off. So I continue with the play and record the out. Vinny was... Quiet, 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 and then picked up with that wonderful tone of his as though nothing untoward had happened. There was an out on the pickoff, and away he went. And I later said publicly, and then to him, that I'm the only person in the world who ever stole an out from the great Vince Scully. And we, we laughed about it for many, many years. And, and I will tell you that of all the broadcasters, and listen, I used to drink almost nightly with Harry Carey in, uh, in Chicago and uh, knew Phil Rizzuto well in New York and all the great old legends of Major League Baseball. There was no one, there was no one who could describe a baseball game as well and quite like Vince Scully. He was one of a kind, and I so admired him uh, through the years. When I was a writer, that's when I first met him. And I went in from Chicago, and I would talk to him in Los Angeles, and little did I know that I would soon become a broadcaster. And his first wife passed away, and then he became a football announcer for us at CBS while I was doing the NFL Today. And he was working with, he was working with Hank Stram, and he would go in to cover the Los Angeles Rams, who had then moved down to Anaheim before they went to St. Louis many times. And the secretary he became very friendly with, and that became his second wife as time moved on. And then fans will well remember the great game that he broadcast with Hank Stram when the San Francisco 49ers and Joe Montana beat the Dallas Cowboys as Montana hit Dwight Clark in the corner of the end zone. It was his last football broadcast for us at CBS and it was still one of the great jobs that I've ever heard a play-by-play announcer do. I will also say that he was a tremendous golf announcer that nobody's aware of. We had him at the 18th hole for a couple of years, 
at Augusta doing the Masters, and he did a tremendous job. Uh, you know, my heart goes out to all the children uh, and to relatives and friends and everybody. He, he was a special, special person, and there has never been a broadcaster quite like Vince Scully. And he brought Major League Baseball to Los Angeles, and he made Los Angeles a baseball town, and the Dodgers revered him for it as, as well they should. And I, I can only say it was to my benefit just to be around him a little bit and to listen to him. I used to listen to him actually in Montana before I even was in the business. When the Dodgers first moved to Los Angeles, you could hear the signal from an L.A. radio station. And no one could ever describe a baseball game quite like Vince Scully. And I sometimes Vinny, I get very excited at times. I jump around and do this. Uh, you're, you're kind of low-key when you describe everything and you're eloquent. Uh, tell, me, tell me why you don't jump up and down like the rest of us do. And he said, Brent, to tell you the truth, when I first started, I got very excited and screamed and yelled about a winning home run. I went back and listened to the tape, and I didn't like the sound of my voice. And I changed it after that. And uh, to everybody's benefit, there, were, there was no broadcaster in the world who could do a game quite like Vince Scully. And, you know, God bless him and rest in peace, my friend. Our thanks to Brent Musburger, the legend who joined uh, the nightcap earlier here on VSIN, shared his thoughts and memories of uh, the incredible life uh, and legacy of Vin Scully. And, and I just loved, you know, watching Dodger games and listening to Dodger games. And, um, and, and you know, I had the privilege of, you know, living for a short time in, in L.A., so caught a lot of Dodger games at the tail end of Vin Scully's um, broadcasting career. And to the way that he would tell stories, but not just the stories about, uh, um, you know, the, the players and the background, but funny stories, obscure stories, things you would never even think of when it comes to a baseball game. But that's, you know, he broadcasted it by himself. He was filling time. He was making things interesting. Uh, I recall there was a story of... of uh, you know, Johnny Gomes attacked by a wolf as a kid. Mike Matheny meeting his wife in college after getting, you know, uh, dropped on by a bird. <laughs> Things that he would just describe, the stories that he would, and never miss a never miss a pitch. It was just someone. It was, it it, it was an art form, and it was incredible. He would tell a story and never miss a pitch. And and the way that he would let a moment breathe after it happened, just so you as the member of the audience can hear or see and experience what the crowd was experiencing at the ballpark, to me is one of the best lessons that any young broadcaster can take from Vin Scully and really um, aspire to achieve in, in mastering your craft. Just the ability to let a moment breathe. You know, go watch the replays of Kirk Gibson's home run. I mean, he's silent for a good, you know, I don't know, 20 somewhat, 30 seconds. He's silent and he's letting the crowd tell the story and paint the picture, which is um, 
really just a, a true testament to how great he was as a broadcaster. So Vin Scully will be um, surely missed uh, dead at the age of 94. And we uh, think about him and remember him and his contributions to not just baseball, but all of sports broadcasting. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll uh, turn the page from baseball. We'll get into a little football coming up next. Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast will join us. Uh, and then also we'll preview coming up a little bit later on the uh, baseball slate here for Wednesday. See if we can pick out some winners, do a little better than we did here on Tuesday. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN. It's the Sports Betting VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back. This segment of The Look Ahead is presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but uh, there's been times in life where I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. I'm sure a lot of smokers and dippers out there can relate. Zen understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. So whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zen will be there for you with the right strength, the right flavor, at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and want to learn more today, check out Zyn Nicotine Pouches at Zyn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Sandberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining us now from the Sports Gambling Podcast, he is Sean Green. And Sean, uh, we got football on yeah. Thursday. NFL football. On Thursday, not Canadian football, which we also have on Thursday, but we have NFL football this Thursday. Yeah, I'm 100% in. I We were just talking about uh, off the air, getting down on some preseason action. Always <laughs> love the early, uh, you know, they can't make those numbers low enough. I think the uh, yeah. total opened up at 32 and a half. Love the under. And then I'm doing, you know, doing the workshop and uh, bringing up my old notes about, you know, which coaches care about the preseason, which don't. Of course, I'm sure you're well aware Jim Harbaugh has won 20 preseason games in a row. <laughs> so 
you know, even at, even at minus 200, I think the Ravens first preseason game, it started at 190. If you can get it now, get it now. Cause that thing's going to keep going up. You know, I'm sure it'll be minus 250 the day of when everyone puts out the stat that Harbaugh has won this many preseason games yep. in a row. And uh, yeah, it's it's super fun. I'm I'm so excited to talk NFL. Well, the under uh, for this game obviously has shot down. I think uh, you know last time I saw it, it was down to thirty or something like that, and rightfully so. I mean, look at the history of the Hall of Fame game; it's just nothing but unders. It was sixteen three last year uh, before COVID. It was with twenty four points, thirty points, to thirty eight. It's just it's always a low scoring game. It's the first. Preseason game. These guys aren't ready to play a game. Come on. It's a, it's a glorified no. scrimmage. Yeah. Everyone says the offense is ahead of the defense early on. And it's so true in that preseason game. You in your head, though, you can talk yourself into it of like, oh, they're going up against the 14 defensive backs. No, just the offense is going to be so out of sync. Defense is way more instinctual. So, again, as soon as the total posts, you got to get that under because it's just going to keep going down. I think it opened up at like, you know, you could probably find some 33 and a half. It's mm. probably under 30 and a half. Now, again, anything that, you know, if it's below 30, then maybe I'm considering it over, <laughs> but even at 30 and a half, I think you got to go under. You mentioned coaches and how they treat the preseason and the motivation. I like yes. the Jaguars here on Thursday. And yep. the reason why is because um, look at the way that Bill Belichick handles the preseason I mean, look at the way Bill Belichick handles the first four weeks of the regular season. He treats that like a preseason. And I think Josh McDaniels coming from that, you know, school is going to treat this preseason similarly to the way that that Belichick does. Plus, if you look at the Raiders, there's a lot of guys that probably won't see any preseason action, you know, like Carr and like Adams and whatnot. Whereas I think Doug Peterson for Jacksonville wants to change the culture there and having them win in the preseason so that they get used to winning and change that culture, I think is very important for this young team. So I'm going to be backing the Jaguars, not just here on Thursday, but maybe maybe throughout this preseason. Yeah, and I, and I, I don't disagree with all the, the points you made there. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 100% uh, on the same page. Doug Peterson, 8-8 eight and eight in preseason games compared to Josh McDaniels, 2-6. and six. But worth noting... Four of those wins came in Doug Peterson's first year as the Eagles head coach. I think Ooh. it was a similar angle there. He started out 4-0 that first year of preseason. I see it was the same kind of thing. Chip Kelly had irritated a lot of people, kind of you know poisoned the well that was the Philadelphia Eagles culture. Doug Peterson came in, uh, you know, players coach. Hey, let's win some preseason games. Let's get some momentum going. Let's just turn this thing into the positive, you know, positive direction a little bit. And I think they have a similar motivation in this hall of fame game. Like this Jaguars team desperately needs a win. I, I think this actually game matters a little bit to them, at least a little bit more than the Josh McDaniels Raiders team. It's a veteran team. I mean, they were in the playoffs yeah. last year, you know? So I, I don't think they're going to be, you know, hyped to prove anything. Um, yeah. And, and Josh McDaniels, Doug Peterson, both second time, uh, head coaches there retread. So that's a little interesting angle there, but I'm with you. I think they need a win and I, I think they're going to be playing up for this. So you guys are doing your team previews now over at the Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, anybody that jumps out to you as uh, plays on over or unders, maybe win totals, things like that so far? 
Yeah, I mean, I keep looking at the. Uh, I know it's a competitive division, but I keep looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers over seven and a half. Ooh. I think, again, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Tomlin. You give me T.J. Watt on the other side of the ball. You give me Najee Harris. Um, you know, I, I I think there's a world where Mitch Trubisky and the type of stuff they can draw up might actually be a small step up from what we saw out of Ben Roethlisberger. And again. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in the NFL, so he could have his first losing season, a historic feat, go eight and nine and still cash you that over seven and a half wins. I think Pittsburgh is just a quality franchise. I And again, I think they have the defense to make things interesting. I, I think they're being slept on a little bit. Now, I understand they don't have, you know, like a top tier quarterback. Uh, Kenny Pickett early reports are he's struggling, so who knows? when or if he sees the field very early in camp. But again, I, I like the Steelers. I like being high on them. I think even 10 to one for them to win the division, I don't think is crazy. I know it's a competitive division, but you know, I, I, I still think there's a lot of veterans on this team that can help them win some games. And I think they're very well coached. Uh, so I, I, I think they could be a little sneaky. Well, sticking in that division with the fact that Watson's only going to miss six games. Do you have the Browns as a playoff team? You know what? Right now, no, I don't. I I think they are going to be. Uh, if they do get in, I think it's going to be like a wild card situation, mm. like nine and eight. Um, you know, I, it just seems like there's a lot of moving parts with this Cleveland Browns team, this Cleveland Browns organization. I mean, just going into this season right now, if you're uh, Kevin Stefanski, it, it's going to be tough to prepare because. Who's getting all the first team reps? Is it Deshaun Watson who is going to be playing the majority of the games? You would assume 11 right now, although it, you know, Goodell could overturn that suspension and make it even longer. I think that that is still a little bit up in the air. So if you're betting it now, I think you're, you're kind of crazy to be taking the over with the possible suspension being increased. I think that's a decent possibility. And then do you, do you prepare Jacoby Brissett? Jacoby Brissett, succeeds as a backup because he gets that that week of practice all those first team reps but then you're bringing Deshaun Watson a guy who hasn't played football in a very long time in a new system in a new city and you look at their schedule I think that was what really um kind of turned me towards the under on the Cleveland Browns you you walk through that schedule I know the first six games are a little bit easier but again it's Jacoby Brissett and then Deshaun Watson you just drop him in there plug and play I, I think it's going to be tough. The schedule is pretty tough for them as well. So at nine and a half right now, I'm on the under, and I, I think uh, I think they're going to have trouble getting into the playoffs. Well, the NFL certainly knows how to take people's minds off of things. Uh, day after the Watson story uh, breaks, they break another story with the punishments for the Miami Dolphins. Do you think any of this, uh, you know, losing the future first-round picks, the uh, suspension for the owner, do you think that it impacts their play on the field this year? Well, um, you know, maybe not directly, right? Because again, I, I don't even know how they suspend an owner. What do they say? Like you can't sit in your box. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really know what that means, but I, what it, uh, what it does mean is it's, if it wasn't clear before, it's certainly clear now that the Miami dolphins were not a hundred percent in on Tua uh, by any means. And certainly if you have a chance to upgrade to Tom Brady, uh, you owe it to mm -hmm. your friend as to take a look, but I think Tua, who has had issues with confidence. I think could be in trouble. I, again, I've not been a, to a guy, you know, 6.5 yards per attempt, 6.4 yards per attempt for his career, uh, 16 passing touchdowns last year in 11 games. I, I just don't see it. I don't think, 
you know, Tyree kill is a good receiver, but I don't, you know, watching that Dolphins team last year, I wasn't going, Oh man, if only they had a speedy receiver, that's what they really, <laughs> yeah, they, they need offensive line help. And I still think, you know, you bring in uh McDaniel, who's a Shanahan uh, protege. And how does Shanahan win? Shanahan wins by pushing people around, running the ball a ton and having a very good offensive line. I just don't see that kind of talent on the dolphins right now. I do think they have a pretty solid defense, but you know, Brian Flores, I think brought something to this team. Now, certainly he didn't like Tua, and uh, you know, I I'm kind of on the same page with Flores there, but Flores in his lawsuit pointed out he was the first dolphins head coach to have winning seasons in back-to-back years since 2003. And you're getting rid of that guy. Mm. I I'm, I'm skeptical of this dolphins team. You know, I always like to to fade teams that bring in the high price free agent. Like, hey, we got this one gadget receiver, and yeah. or, you know, this the, the big name, and it's going to change everything. And, uh, and, I'm always skeptical. And maybe it's not a fit there with Tua because uh, he doesn't exactly throw a deep ball. Sean, appreciate no. the time and the conversation. Good luck with your bets. We'll talk soon. All right, thanks, Scott. There he is, Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the Look Ahead here on Vsin. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free to play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at Victory Heineken. Beer made better. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead on VCNB Sports Betting Network. Always on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R or at VCN Live. The trade deadline came and went 6 p.m. Eastern time here on Tuesday. And the biggest news, of course, was the Juan Soto acquisition by the Padres. The Padres were a very busy team here at the deadline, and this trade almost didn't get done because of Eric Hosmer, of all people. Uh, Hosmer uh, had a no-trade clause, did not want to go to the Washington Nationals. He was a part of the agreement, and they had to rework the deal. They eventually did rework it, and they were able to uh, put Luke Voigt in the deal. So the Padres get... Uh, Juan Soto and Josh Bell from the Nationals in exchange for a package that included C.J. Abrams, talented shortstop, Mackenzie Gore, who's been great for them uh, in their rotation, outfielder Robert Hassel, outfielder James Wood, uh, pitcher uh, Yarlin Susana, uh, and as I mentioned, Luke Voigt, first base and DH, goes back to the uh, Nationals. So a a pretty good haul for the Nationals who get some major league ready players and uh, good prospects in the deal. And Soto and Bell go to the Padres. The Padres weren't done there, though, because they also uh, made a deal with the Reds and acquired Brandon Drury, who's having a fantastic season for Cincinnati. So the Padres, uh, just the day before, get Josh Hader from the Um, Brewers, and so they are ready to go, and Tatis should be coming back soon, and then at full strength, this team is just going to be really dangerous. I mean, the lineup that includes uh, a three-headed monster of Machado, Tatis, 
and Juan Soto would just be um, absolutely unbelievable um, in, in, in right now for this team. Uh, and you just think about it, like the rest of the lineup, right, with um, Yurks and Profar and Cronenworth and, and, and Grisham and man, what a and what a machine uh, that team is com- going to be. It's like pretty much the um, the uh, Dominican Republic team, right, for the the World Baseball Classic because Machado, Tatis, and Soto are all from the Dominican. So pretty much the the Padres will be the Dominican Republic team for the World Baseball Classic. Uh, other trades that came down here at the deadline, the uh, Yankees, we know they were a busy team. Uh, they were already acquired. Andrew Benintendi, and then on uh, Monday, they were able to um, get the deal done with the A's. They get Frankie Montas and Lou Trevino, uh, so a great pitcher to add in their rotation, a closer for the back end of their bullpen, and they also get Efros, the reliever from the um, Cubs, to add to their bullpen. But here at the deadline, they traded Jordan Montgomery to the Cardinals, who needed some pitching depth, and in exchange for uh, center fielder Harrison Bader. So this Yankees outfield, when healthy, because Bader, I believe, is on the I.L., should look something like Benintendi in left field, Harrison Bader in center, and Aaron Judge in right with Giancarlo Stanton as the D.H. So, um, you know, Matt Carpenter will be reduced to a a fill-in role, um, a pinch hitter off the bench, a platoon player, um, maybe a, a platoon DH, so uh, Stanton, you know, against lefties, and and although Stanton hits everybody, but uh, you'll have Matt Carpenter in the lineup against righties, certainly, and uh, the Yankees are deep. Yankees are deep. They're still my pick to win the World Series. I know it's chalky, but they're, they're the best team, and the pitching is going to be great for them when it comes to the postseason. Speaking of pitching, uh, Minnesota did well acquiring Tyler Molly from Cincinnati. They also get uh, Michael Fulmer from the Tigers. So I think the Twins did well uh, adding to their pitching staff. The Phillies needed an extra arm, and they were able to get former Met Noah Syndergaard from the Angels. And I think it was a really good deal for the Phillies because Syndergaard, I think that he just needed to get out of that situation there in Anaheim. You know, remember he signed a one year, you know, make it or break it deal with the angels. And when you sign with the team, like the angels in the off season, you're expecting good things. Joe Madden's there as the manager. You got Otani and trout and Rendon. And this team is supposed to be a, a, a competitive team this year. Rendon's out team goes on a massive losing streak. Um, Madden gets fired. Trout's now hurt. And the team's just going absolutely nowhere. It's easy for a guy to not pitch up to his best abilities in that situation. Now he goes to the Phillies. He reunites with his former Met teammate and Zach Wheeler. And I think there's going to be a a comfort level there that he's pitching back in the National League East where he's familiar with all of these ballparks. If you look at just his... um, his career splits, right? And let's see here. If we just look at his career splits and we do this by ballpark, 
And let's just look at his numbers here at Citizens Bank, where he'll pitch his home games now, right? At Citizens Bank, he has a career ERA of 471. So only six starts at Citizens Bank with an ERA of 471 at City Field, 331 in obviously 64 uh, starts, the bulk of his career. And then in uh, Nationals Park, uh, eight starts, four to six ERA, and um, Atlanta and the new ballpark in Atlanta, just two starts, um, seven innings, five runs and in seven innings at the new ballpark there in uh, Atlanta. But I think it's just going to be a comfort level for him, and I think that he'll thrive uh, on this Phillies team. And the Phillies might be. I like what the Phillies did also getting David Robertson uh, for the back end of their bullpen. And um, I think the Phillies could be a sneaky team when it comes to the postseason. Uh, maybe not a World Series contender, but I think, they'll, I think they're going to give some team, teams some fits. Uh, the Blue Jays. I thought the Blue Jays did well. You know, you get um, Bass and Pop from the uh, Marlins, which is going to help their bullpen, obviously. And Whit Merrifield goes to the Blue Jays as well. So a uh, really good addition for them, um, uh, for Whit Merrifield uh, in the infield. I-, I think the Blue Jays are certainly going to be one of these wild card teams. And now all of a sudden, the interesting thing about Merrifield, <laughs> he was one of the players that was unvaccinated and was not able to make the trip for the Royals when they went to Toronto. Remember, they were without like 10 of their players in Toronto for that series. Uh, now he's traded to Toronto, so I think he'll be okay getting uh, the vaccine and playing for a contender uh, in the Blue Jays. Uh, the Mets didn't really do anything pitching-wise. They got Michael Givens from the Cubs, so you put him in the bullpen uh, but they made additions. They got bats. And I think that's what, you know, I guess they were hoping for is just to get some pop, more pop in that lineup. So uh, they already had Tyler Naquin and uh, Dan Vogelbach they acquired. And now they brought in Darren Ruff from the Giants. So what you'll do is you'll have a platoon at the DH spot. Vogelbach will will go against um, against righties. And Darren Ruff will go against lefties. So now you got some pop here from the DH spot for the Mets. Uh, it gives them some versatility as well in their lineup. And really, the best acquisition for the Mets was a, not even a trade. It was just Jacob DeGrom coming back and pitching for the first time in over a calendar year for them. Uh, DeGrom making his first start here on Tuesday since July 7th of last season. And he looked good. And the result was maybe not the result, obviously, that the Mets were hoping for. They were a massive favorite, and they lose to the Nationals. But Jacob DeGrom throws five innings of one-run ball. He only allows three hits. He doesn't walk a batter, and he strikes out six. He threw 46 of his 59 pitches for strikes, including topping out at over 101 miles per hour. So I think the Mets are very satisfied with what they saw from Jacob DeGrom here on Tuesday. And, you know, speaking of this loss, maybe here on Wednesday is a time to be on the Mets again 
as they look to bounce back from this loss. We'll take a look at the Wednesday baseball slate coming up next. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Betting Network. The College Football Guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VSIN All Access subscriber. Sign up for VSIN All Access today and get everything we offer for the entire football season, including our upcoming pro football betting guide. Subscribe now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Taking a look at the Major League Baseball slate here for Wednesday. Got a ton of day games. So uh, they start bright and early if you want to get going. Noon Eastern time is the first game. Uh, Rays and Blue Jays from the Trop in Tampa. You say Kikuchi, who uh, looked good in his First and only outing since coming back from the IL. Uh, he gets to start for Toronto against, uh, it looks like it's going to be probably Jalen Beeks for the Rays. There is no line out on this game just yet. Also, pay attention to the lineups here. You, you might have some uh, new faces in new places or old faces in new places in some uh, aspects here. For these teams, so you want to make sure you're paying attention to the lineups when they come out on Wednesday. The Phillies take on the Braves. Uh, that game is going to be 12:20 Eastern Time start from Atlanta. Charlie Morton goes for the Braves. Zach Wheeler for the Phillies. Right now, Atlanta minus 135 total of seven and a half. Uh, I actually like the Phillies as a short underdog here. Um, you kind of have to throw out Tuesday's game where the Phillies got blown out. It was a bullpen day for Philly, and uh, it's kind of difficult when you're a team, you're going into a game, you're knowing that you're going up against a guy like Spencer Strider, so you're already at a disadvantage, and then also you're, you know, you're pitching, you don't have a starting pitcher. It's just going to be a bullpen day. 
it's easy to lack confidence in that role. But then you're trying to bounce back, and you got your ace on the hill in Zach Wheeler. So I tend to lean towards the Phillies here in this spot. Um, backing, you know, just backing Zach Wheeler here against Charlie Morton. And probably you'll have David Robertson uh, pitch at the back end of this bullpen along with the likes of, you know, Sir Anthony Dominguez and, and others. Uh, Mariners take on the Yankees. This is going to be a fun pitching matchup. Garrett Cole against Luis Castillo. Uh, Castillo making his debut for the Mariners. Uh, last time he faced the Yankees as a member of the Reds, seven innings of one run ball. He struck out eight. He walked four. So whatever the line is on this game, I'm seeing Yankees minus 190 and Mariners plus 160 on the comeback. You know, I don't hate a flyer on the Mariners. It's so hard to go against the Yankees, but... Maybe a first five under with these two pitchers. It's going to be low. It's going to be like three and a half for the first five under. But if Castillo goes out there and only, you know, limits the Yankees to one run like he did last time, I don't think Garrett Cole's going to get hit around a lot. If anything, give up one or two. Um, Maybe Yankees Mariners, some sort of under first five under something could be a lean there. Uh, The Guardians take on the Diamondbacks. Shane Bieber gets the start for Cleveland. And uh, I don't think there's been an announced pitcher for Arizona yet. Tommy Henry is a a likely starter for them. Uh, And so there's no line out on this game just yet. Tigers will take on the Twins in Minnesota. Joe Ryan gets the start for the Twins against uh, Tyler Alexander. For the Tigers, Minnesota is minus 220 with a total of 8.5. The Rangers will look to avoid the sweep with their ace, Martin Perez, on the hill against Kyle Bradish going for the Orioles. How bad has Kyle Bradish been this season? Dude's got an ERA of 7.01. And uh, his last outing against Cincinnati, where he only allowed two runs on a home run, was uh, his best outing in uh, the last month or so. So this is a guy that gets hit. And gets hit hard. Uh, I would probably bank on the Rangers to avoid a sweep here and get a win against the Orioles. Texas minus 155 uh, in this game. Total of eight. Red Sox take on the Astros. Jose Urquidy scheduled to go for Houston. Brian Bello getting the start for the Red Sox. Haven't seen a line out on this game. Let's double check. Nope, nothing out just yet. Minus 188 for the uh, Astros, it looks like here. And plus 170 for the Red Sox. That's here at Circa. So interesting stuff there. Lean towards the Astros. Uh, Royals take on the White Sox. It's going to be, I guess, Brady Singer going for KC. Lance Lynn going for the White Sox. While I don't trust Lance Lynn, I do not like the Royals as a team uh, to bet on considering, um, you know, they just trade with Merrifield and, you know, there's definitely going to be a negative impact of trading away Benintendi and Merrifield and whatnot. Uh, White Sox minus 160. Mets take on the Nationals in a bounce back spot after suffering the loss as a heavy favorite here on Tuesday. Chris Bassett gets the start for New York. Anibal Sanchez for the Nationals. Sanchez uh, has only pitched three games this season. In his first start against Atlanta, four runs in five innings. In his second start against Arizona, three runs 
in five innings. In his third start against St. Louis, six runs in five and two thirds. The Mets are the best team in Major League Baseball after a loss this season. 28-9 and nine is their record. I will be on the Mets. I will be on the Mets on the run line in this game. Uh, right now, Mets on the run line is minus 155. Hashtag worth it. Uh, Reds take on the Marlins. This is another bounce back spot. Marlins looking to um, you know bounce back from actually back to back losses. So this is a sweep avoidance spot for the Marlins against the Reds. Uh, and is it a getaway spot? Let's see for Cincinnati. Uh, did they play on Thursday or are they off? They're off on Thursday, but they're still getting out of town, going from Miami to Milwaukee, uh, but just not in a rush. Uh, the the thing is here, the Marlins should win this game. Sandy Alcantara, the favorite for the National League Cy Young Award, is the starter for Miami. And they're going up against Mike Miner, who's just been terrible this season for Cincinnati. And the Reds, by trading away, you know, Brandon Drury, you lose another bat in that lineup. They only scored two runs in their game here on Tuesday, and they picked up a win. They only scored three runs in their win on Monday against the Marlins. So I just don't know where they're getting their offense from against Alcantara. I can't see them scoring uh, really anything, but if they do, it's going to be two, three at the most. And the Marlins should be able to get that against Mike Miner. So Marlins minus 220, maybe take a look at Marlins on the uh, run line in this game, as opposed to uh, laying that heavy juice. Uh, elsewhere, you got the Brewers taking on the Pirates. Um, Freddie Peralta gets the start for Milwaukee and Tyler Beatty the start for the Pirates. Milwaukee minus 210. Cubs will take on the Cardinals. Justin Steele for Chicago. Miles Michaelis for St. Louis. Cardinals minus 170. A's take on the Angels. James Caprillion for Oakland. Shohei Otani. For the Angels, no line on this one yet. I would expect the Angels to be favored. Uh, Rockies take on the Padres. Chad Cool for Colorado. Blake Snell for San Diego. Uh, the pod, no line on this just yet, but I really like the Padres because they're going to get all the new bats in the lineup like Juan Soto and Brandon Drury and Josh Bell, and they'll be able to take the spot over some guys who just played a doubleheader here on Tuesday. And then the Dodgers finally will take on the Giants. Uh, Julio Urias gets the start for the Dodgers against Alex Cobb. L.A. minus 160 uh, as they look to win again against the Giants. And speaking of the Dodgers, they are in mourning. Uh, the whole baseball world is in mourning. The passing of legendary, iconic Hall of Fame broadcaster Vin Scully at the age of 94. And uh, I was immediately brought back to his final broadcast and his sign-off in his last Dodger game a few years ago. And we'll leave you with that here. On the look ahead. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. For every problem life seems a faithful friend to share, for every sigh a sweet song, and an answer for each prayer. You and I have been friends for a long time, but I know in my heart that I've always needed you more than you've ever needed me. 
and I'll miss our time together more than I can say. But you know what? There will be a new day and eventually a new year. And when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, oh, rest assured, once again, it will be time for Dodger baseball. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon wherever you may be. This is V. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.